Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosity 2.0, the One True Podcast, and the only podcast that has organized itself into a closely held corporation whose sincere religious belief is in flaccid penises. So we do not cover Viagra. What? Now what am I going to do? You heard me. Damn it. You and your erect penis. (laughs) Offend me. I'm suing somehow. Independent men, strong independent men, should be able to cover such things for themselves. Are you saying if I want to play, I have to pay? You got (laughs) (laughs) You want to play the crime, you got to do the, uh, whatever, I don't know. I think, I think that's backwards of the intended saying. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently birth control is like the lottery now. <laughs> you, can't, you can't win unless you buy a ticket. You just got to buy a ticket and hope, hope <laughs> that it's covered. So this podcast is all about the Habe Labe decision, the... Uh, Nearly unanimous, five to four decision. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'll go down the annals of Supreme Court decisions as probably one of the best, I'm sure. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> really closely reasoned, uh, tight logic. I was impressed by Alito's uh, critical thinking abilities. I had um, I had a hard time reading this decision. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Did you get all the way through it? I did not. I kept yelling at. at it, was, the... it was like watching Sharknado too. My attention kept drifting. <laughs> that was better though. It was better than Hobby decision. It was less offensive, certainly, <laughs> and more believable. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to the Hobby Lobby decision, let's do Hobby skunk Lobby? dicks. Yeah, let's go. Let's get all dicked up and skunk them. Well, I got one. No, you don't. It's a lie. This is a, this is a recent one. Monday, oh. August 11th. That's pretty recent. That is recent. That's like contemporary or something. Matt, there's a <laughs> Texas family uh, that was uh, angry that the state wanted to investigate their homeschooling curriculum. <laughs> oh, I wonder why. <laughs> they sued, claiming that, uh, you know, they, they're infringing their religious freedoms to uh, I apparently fuck their children over their children's future. Yes. Well, is this family a closely held corporation? <laughs> no, so they're not <laughs> protected. Oh, <laughs> they're fucked. They were decided against. <laughs> it would have helped them greatly. It would have helped their cause greatly if they were a closely held corporation. Right. Unfortunately, <laughs> they're actual human beings. So their sincerely held religious beliefs aren't going to save them. No matter. <laughs> Uh, so it was claimed that the McIntyre children did little schoolwork, right? Mm. One of the children said they didn't need to do any schoolwork because they were going to get raptured. <laughs> I would, What's I the point? I would have loved to have been there for that. <laughs> What's the point? Another of them, uh, the children tried to run away so that she could attend school. And when that happened, the parents refused to provide the school district with any information about their, their so-called education at home. Oh, boy. I bet, hey, you think they got their immunization records? <laughs> <laughs> I'm certain of it. Uh, so the court rejected their uh, claim, uh, their First Amendment free exercise of religion claim. In Texas? <laughs> In Texas. Oh, boy. They, they said that... Um, no parents have ever prevailed in any reported case on a theory that they have the absolute constitutional right to educate their children in the home completely free of any state supervision regulation requirements. So that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to just uh, teach, in quotes, their children yeah. at home, but not, not have any sort of oversight about it. What I have a feeling this family might be the authors of the new children's book, My Parents Open Carry. <laughs> that's, that's a real book. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> they would have succeeded on those grounds, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so basically, uh, are you surprised at all that without any oversight, the children aren't doing any fucking work? Yeah. <laughs> I think this I think this infringes upon their religious freedoms, Matt. I think so. We're going to have to take this to the Supreme Court of the United yes. States. So the skunk kicks in this one are obviously the El Paso Independent School District and the... Uh, Texas court that ruled against these people's inviolable right. religious freedoms to fuck over their children's future. Oh, I, I'm proud of this girl that, that ran away to go to school, though. Yeah. Yeah. Although, 
Doesn't she believe she's going to get raptured, for God's sakes? Although at 17, uh, it's got to be tough. Not a whole lot of schooling left, I guess. It's going to be like uh, Billy Madison. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to have to start from kindergarten. (laughs) Shit. What do you got? I've got I've got two. First of all, if you're from Utah, or even if you're not, maybe you read the uh, John Krakauer book, uh, Under the Banner of Heaven. Uh, you've learned about the Lafferty brothers who went to jail for murdering their sister-in-law and her baby, and uh, probably some other stuff. They're kind of like those uh, those strict constitutionalists, right? That, Matt, that was this a religiously motivated crime? I'm sure it wasn't. Oh, no, it probably was. I mean, uh, Lafferty was supposedly a prophet, right? He was, God was speaking to him. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't, isn't the government infringing on his religious freedoms by <laughs> not allowing him to murder yeah. uh, women and small children? Exactly. I'm sure he'll be getting out in a 5-4 decision any day now. <laughs> but, but he wrote a letter. Currently, he's in, the, uh, he's in prison in Utah. He wrote a letter. He's going to tell you how it's going to go. He doesn't need your Supreme Court, Chuck. They're probably they're probably in violation of themselves anyway. Guilty of capital treason. It sounds reasonable. Um, yeah. So he says, one day at noon. Oh, no, he's waiting for a signal from God so to know when he should break out of jail, right? So one day at noon, a full moon will overtake the sky and shine until 9 p.m. Got that? <laughs> <laughs> Because at noon is when the full moon comes out. That shall be your sign. That should be your sign. Um, he, he will also take a select few cohorts, the best of the best, from the Utah State Prison oh, System. Oh, the I'm cream sure. of the crop. Yes. <laughs> the elite prisoners. Now, if you broke out of jail under the direction of God, where would you go? Uh, straight to Mount Olympus, I think. Salem, Utah. Salem. <laughs> Salem, Utah is where God will tell you to go. He's telling these people once he breaks out, he's going to Salem, Utah? He's telling them where he's going to go. Because once he breaks out, prison officials will, quote, undoubtedly panic. They, well, they might, you know, especially if there's a full moon at noon. Well, he's on death row, isn't he? He's awaiting execution. Yeah, but he's going to get out. He's, he's telling us. I'd panic if a death row inmate uh, escaped under my watch. And, and, of course, since the word is out that he's living out in the open in Salem, they'll send SWAT, they'll send choppers, snipers, the FBI, and anyone else with guns. Matt, <laughs> I'm sensing a rapture scenario coming. It's the opposite of a rapture scenario. He's staying. Um, <laughs> he's saying it's going to play out just like the Waco uh, standoff in Texas, if you remember that. Which oh, yeah. It did not end well. Um, so he's... But, yeah. So he's escaped from prison and predicting his own death by SWAT team? No, this time he says Johnny Law will be no match for his heavenly firepower. <laughs> Man, I haven't heard the term Johnny Law since uh, last time I watched a 50s gangster movie. Johnny Law. You can't catch me, Johnny Law! Oh. After a day or two, all those gathered near Salem with bad intentions will be consumed by the fire that I will call down from heaven, like Elijah in the Old Testament. Yes. Yes. Or was it Elisha? I don't know. You can't tell those two. I can't keep them straight. After that, no one will fuck with us. I love (laughs) (laughs) Thus saith the Lord. Uh, after the fire is called down, Lafferty says he'll work to prepare for the second coming, but not as king. Oh, no, Chuck. He will not be king. He will be sheriff. He wants to be sheriff. Yeah, it's just like George Washington, right? He's like, I will not become king of this new country. I'd rather <laughs> be the sheriff. I will be sheriff. Well, uh, that guy's not crazy at all. Good luck. No, there's no crazy there. What else you got? Oh, I've got more. That's a pretty good one. That is a pretty good one. If only he wasn't a murdering bastard, he'd be kind of a funny guy. But, uh... (laughs) Yeah, so, so far we've got uh, a crazy religious family, the impotent ravings of a religious lunatic. (laughs) What else you got? I've got Ebola. 
Ebola. I don't. I don't have, you have Ebola. Ebola? <laughs> I knew Ebola. it was a mistake to bring those doctors back to the United States. What's happened? Actually, it was a good idea, according to Rick Wiles, host of True News, and also fervent end of the world predictor. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that entail at least one failed prediction? Yeah, I guess so. I guess. Well, maybe not. It's really just the side, the side job, you know. Yeah, it's his uh, avocation. Yeah. Well, he is welcoming the arrival of Ebola patients into the U.S. Why? Because it's a plague, Chuck. And it's going to solve our country's biggest problems, like the deficit. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> How is a plague going to solve any problems? Border crisis. <laughs> well, it's going to wipe out um, abortions, homosexuality, promiscuity, atheism, godlessness, pornography. Wait. Not pornography. That is one of the most selective plagues in the history of mankind. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's only going to pick those things. It's a virus that goes, psst, do you believe in God? Uh, well, it's got a list of questions, apparently. Yeah. Do you believe in God? Yes. Uh, are you homosexual? No. Uh, are you promiscuous? No. Do you view pornography? Yes. Aha! Uh, Fuck you! Anyway. This Ebola, Ebola? That's, that's the new shorthand for Ebola epidemic. This Ebola epidemic could become a global pandemic, and that's another name for plague, Wiles said, educating us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for the uh, synonym. <laughs> what? Rick Thesaurus Wiles, I think he's known as. Um, it may be the he's, great... He's a fervent end-of-the-world predictor and part-time thesaurus. Right. He also uh, believes in the coming of the Great Attitude Adjustment, which I think would, <laughs> would make a great plot in a, in a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy novel. Anyway, if Ebola becomes a global plague, you better make sure the blood of, Je- the blood of Jesus is upon you. <laughs> it has to be on you, Chuck. That's disgusting. It does. It sounds like you're inviting more plagues. Also, you better make sure you've been marked by angels so you are protected by God. So, well, how do you do that? I don't know, but you've got to get the blood of Jesus on you. You have to be marked by angels. And if you don't do this, quote, you may be a candidate to meet the Grim Reaper. Another fairy tale. <laughs> Said Johnny Law. <laughs> um, also, he thinks that President Obama could spread the Ebola, the Ebola vac- uh, virus via vaccine so that he could declare martial art. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's... So you get the anti-vaxxers, the anti-Obama people in there, too. I mean, it's very inclusive, this idea of his. It's a big tent. Yeah. Uh, that's what I got. Well, uh, that's it. I'm going to vote for uh, this Ebola guy. Oh, Ebola guy. I do like Ebola guy. He thinks he could end atheism, homosexuality, sexual promiscuity, pornography, and abortion. Uh, Somehow a plague will uh, do all that. I'm going to vote for Dan Lafferty. He's been around so long, I think he needs to win. (laughs) All right, let's feed this into the computer. Okay. And see what we got. (laughs) Pat Robertson. Pat Robertson wins it. No, who is it? No. no. It's not Pat Robertson, Matt. It's uh, a CEO of a Baptist Center who was fired after arrest for arranging dog sex encounter on Craigslist. What? What's wrong with that? That's, isn't that what Craigslist is for? Matt, um, <laughs> it's his religious freedom. Yes. To fuck dogs. It is a sincerely held belief. What kind of... What breed do you think he likes? <laughs> the president and CEO of a Missouri Baptist conference center is out of a job after a sheriff's cyber crimes task force arrested him for allegedly arranging to have sex with a dog after posting an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> How do you? What section of Craigslist? <laughs> Probably. Men, men seeking dogs. <laughs> How does a dog get on Craigslist to hook up with a pastor? <laughs> I love this that they have these undercover <laughs> undercover officers. Uh, Gerald Jerry Hill, 56, of Camden County, was arrested August 5th after setting up a meeting with an undercover officer for the purpose of having sex with a dog. 
I want to read these emails. I want to read these undercover emails. I'd like to do it with your dog. That could be arranged. So their office received a tip that someone was seeking sex with a dog or other type of animal, which she did not specify on Craigslist. Wait, a dog or another unspecified Unspecified animal? (laughs) (laughs) Seeking dog or similar. (laughs) No fat chicks. Undercover officer exchanged emails with Hill offering a dog for sex. Hey, I got a dog. (laughs) Oh, my God. Subsequently... Hill was taken into custody in Columbia, Missouri when he arrived anticipating a sexual tryst. Don't they film that shit, like, in 2020? (laughs) (laughs) Out of catch. Hey, you're not a dog. (laughs) Uh, Yes. So, Matt, uh, the Windermere Baptist Conference Center has uh, spoken out on this. They've issued a statement saying that they're supportive of uh, Jerry and grateful for his work. But they're worried about how the impact of his arrest would reflect on the center. Ah, That's yeah. the most important thing, Matt. <laughs> I'm sure they're, yeah, they're really concerned. Listen, this guy can uh, fuck all the dogs he wants in the privacy of his own home. But if that starts impacting our profits, that's a problem. We got a reputation, Matt. Yeah. Well, I don't want to be associated with a dog fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Who does? <laughs> We are concerned for the well-being of Jerry, and we are also concerned with the well-being of Windermere. No I'm, one is concerned about the dogs. I'm still thinking about, like, the hierarchy of undercover operations in the police department, <laughs> where, like, where, like, they compete against each other, and they're like, what are you doing? Like, uh, I'm doing a drug sting. What are you doing? He's like, I- I'm posing as a sexy dog on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a ferret, I, you know. Or some other type of unspecified animal. Other type. I can't tell you, actually. It's highly classified. (laughs) Well, congratulations. I really, really, really want to read those emails. Gerald Jerry Hill. His nickname is Jerry. (laughs) Yes, because it's impossible to pronounce those final two letters. you got to shorten that. Mm. All right, Matt. On to the meat of the podcast. Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. Uh, you're, you're aware of the recent uh, Supreme Court decision, recent final Supreme Court decision uh, of this term. You lie. I've heard nothing of this. Issued by uh, five assholes. Uh, male assholes, by the way, I'd like to point out. All of the women in the Supreme Court are on the other side. <laughs> They're on the dissent. I'm going to go with, hmm. Hmm. Mm. So, uh, a little history on this. To start out, let's... So, the Hobby Lobby decision really is basically about a couple corporations who are uh, suing the government because uh, Obama's the Antichrist. Yeah, that sounds right. More specifically, under the umbrella of Antichrist, his particular anti-Christian action in this instance was to require these uh, poor Christian corporations to pay for certain types of uh, birth control that they believe cause abortions. Abortifacients. Yes, abortifacients. So the question is, can the government infringe upon the uh, religious freedoms of closely held corporations? Not people, mind you, Matt, but fucking corporations. When well, the corporations, all they want to do, these poor corporations, all they want to do is express their... Religious, they're sincerely held religious beliefs. Well, the needs of the few outweigh the needs of the many, <laughs> in this case. <laughs> the needs of brick-and-mortar structures. That's what I took away from reading this decision, was that um, they kept saying that, like, what about the religious needs of the owners of these country, companies, even though they are in the far, far minority compared to the right. you know, employees? Right. Hobby Lobby... Uh, hires thousands of people, thousands. All right, um, the history of, of these these types of claims, right? Prior to um, a pretty pivotal case, <laughs> Employment Division versus Smith, that's where two Native Americans were fired because they, they used peyote in a religious ceremony, but yeah. peyote was, uh, was criminalized in Oregon. 
Right. It's illegal to use it. It's like so a they class were fired. two drug or something. And they were denied unemployment benefits. So they're suing for unemployment benefits because they were fired for using peyote in a religious uh, ceremony. So that they, was. They found for them, though, right? They no, found. They it. found against them. Oh, they did? Yeah. So prior to Smith. Uh, the courts used a, a two-pronged test to determine whether the government infringed upon religious liberties. One, it was under strict scrutiny, right? Um, was there a compelling government interest? And two, did the government use the least restrictive means of furthering that government interest? So that's, right. that's what they used. In Smith, in this case, in Smith, the Supreme Court rejected that test because they said it would lead to all sorts of religious exemptions to all sorts of civic duties, right? So you know, if if you believe that peyote use is acceptable, then you can use that even though it's criminalized because it's your religion, and it can might get you out of paying taxes if you're a Jehovah's Witness because some of those taxes might go to say yes. say producing weapons for war and they're pacifists and et cetera, et cetera. And so, all I have to do is become a Rastafarian. I can smoke weed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so they said, well, this is this can't be usable. This can't be the standard anymore. So. Instead, they, um, they put forth another standard that religious liberties could be infringed if those religious liberties weren't the specific target of the law, right? So if a law is generally applicable and religiously neutral and, and religious liberties were incidentally infringed by it, well, then so be it. Even if there wasn't a compelling government interest, you could still infringe religious liberties uh, if your law wasn't targeting those religious liberties, it was generally applicable. Do you know who wrote that opinion? I'm going to say, are they still alive? Scalia. Scalia. Scalia wrote an opinion I agree with. I wasn't going to say Scalia. But that was the <laughs> last person on my list. He wrote that opinion. Now, uh, the public threw a temper tantrum over this ruling. <laughs> yeah. That was unacceptable. Because the, the you have these um, ivory tower snobs, uh, anti-religious such as Scalia. Yeah, right? uh, yeah, Scalia, that <laughs> that secular <laughs> bastard, as he's known. <laughs> so there was an uproar, and uh, Congress um, passed nearly unanimously the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993, and it was signed into law by none other than that. Rat bastard Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton. Clinton! Fuck you, Clinton. You've screwed me again. The. <laughs> I won't tell you about the first time. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 prohibits uh, the government from substantially burdening a person's exercise of religion, even if the burden results from a rule of general applicability, unless the government demonstrates the application of the burden to the person, one, is a furtherance of a compelling government interest, and two, is the least restrictive means of furthering that compelling government interest. So basically what it did, it codified into law what the, the uh, court was using prior to Smith. I don't like that least restrictive means part. It's kind of part and parcel of uh, the strict scrutiny. What they're saying is that it's very similar to laws that might be discriminatory, you can have laws that, are, that, that can be construed as discriminatory, right? Like segregating bathrooms by gender. If yeah. there's a compelling government interest, uh, you know, safety, privacy, um, well, is the least restrictive means of uh, furthering that compelling government interest. Well, now we've just seen why I don't like it, because that, that, that phrase, that least restrictive phrase, like leaves out like also – the the best way something you know can work for the the good of everyone. The reason the court rejected that, uh, the Supreme Court rejected that, was that it leads to all types of problems. I mean, yeah. explicitly they said this leads to all types of problems, uh, hundreds and hundreds of potential religious claims that get them out of hundreds and hundreds of potential civic liabilities, right? Civic duties, civic responsibilities. It, it is a minefield of potential disasters. So thanks, uh, Congress of 1993 and Bill Clinton. <laughs> the um, effect of this has been pretty much uniformly negative. It's yeah. been awful, uh, including Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. So what's at issue in this case, specifically? 
Non-exempt. Women having sex, and that's bad. <laughs> for, I mean, because they have it for fun. You can't Seriously. be having it for fun. Seriously, you sluts. And Stop unmarried? It. No. And it's just women, too. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course, have, of course, Chuck. Men can have what? all the sex they want. They can have all the uh, oh. responsibility-free sex they want. Yeah, I mean, don't be ridiculous. Women? Oh, my God. Non-exempt employers are generally required to provide coverage for the 20 contraceptive methods approved by the Food and Drug Administration, right? Yes. Uh, under the Affordable Care Act. So... Uh, A federal law. That includes the four that may have the effect of preventing an already fertilized egg from developing any further by inhibiting its attachment to the uterus. These four uh, birth control methods uh, are Plan B, Ella, and and two types of IUDs. I think it's Mirena and Paragard, a hormone-based IUD and a copper-based IUD. Right. So uh, I'm reading from the um, first part of Alito's decision. Religious employers such as churches are exempt from this contraceptive mandate. So Health and Human Services has also effectively exempted religious nonprofit organizations that have religious objections to providing coverage for contraceptive services. And I disagreed with that when that happened. That was a mistake. Uh, yeah, it's like, fuck you. Jesus. Under this accommodation, the insurance issuer must exclude contraceptive coverage from the employer's plan and provide plan participants with separate payments for contraceptive services without imposing any cost-sharing requirements on the employer or its insurance plan or its employee beneficiaries. So um, basically what happens is uh, the government pays for it. That means I pay – you mean I'm paying for nuns to have sex? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> So that the the these poor religious nonprofits don't have to pay, so for for their employees. Ah, yes. To have contraception, right? Well, I don't. What's the big deal, Chuck? Because uh, they're all they don't have sex anyway, right? I mean, well, and, I don't, and altar boys can't get pregnant, so I, I don't <laughs> like it because I think it it privileges religion over the actual science, and we'll get into that uh, in a minute. But yes. um, because they're wrong on this, but yeah. Um, but I can accept it because religious nonprofits typically are composed exclusively of people inside that religion, right? Right. <clears throat> so if the women inside that religion uh, accept the, the religion's prohibitions against contraceptions, then fine, right? That's their decision. Uh, in this case, however, what you have <clears throat> are closely held for-profit corporations – Right, and closely held right. means that it's essentially owned by a single person or a single family <clears throat> that have organized their business into a corporation because it provides certain legal protections. Right, there's a so corporate I, shield. I can't do a Gordon Gecko style of taking over Hobby Lobby by buying all their stock. No, the Damn family it. would refuse because you're a bastard atheist. Yeah, they would. <laughs> so these um, closely held for-profit corporations have sincere Christian beliefs that life begins at conception and that it would violate the religion to facilitate access to contraceptive drugs or devices that operate after that point. Show me in the Bible where it says life begins at conception. Where, where do they get, where, how did they decide that? Where'd that come from? They just, now it doesn't even begin at conception anymore. Doesn't it begin at fertilization now? Isn't that their new thing? That's conception. Is that for, conception? For I thought conception was in the egg implants in the no. womb. No, oh. that's, that's implantation. Well, fuck. I'll just leave then. I'm out of here. They're just going to go back when they're like, when the sperm shoots out of the penis, that's, that's when life starts. Matt, the, um, the court specifically addressed the reasonableness of uh, beliefs in their decision. They said... Oh, good. <laughs> it's not the court's uh, business to determine how reasonable a religious belief is. Ah, <laughs> their, their, business, awesome. their business is just to determine whether it's sincerely held. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have no business judging that all that crazy shit you believe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I don't care what kind of crazy shit you believe, so long as it's sincerely held. <laughs> That's bullshit, Chuck. I'm calling bullshit on that. Right. Well, I'm going to talk both about the science. And the religion of this. So let's first talk about the science, right? Okay. Birth control works by uh, one of a few methods, right? It either, say, uh, inhibits ovulation, right? It prevents the egg from dropping. Okay. It can make this cervical mucus inhospitable to the passage of sperm, so the sperm can't get to the egg. 
it can affect uh, fertilization, right? It can prevent the sperm from uh, getting into the egg. It can prevent the implantation of a uh, fertilized egg. So once it's been fertilized, it can prevent it from implanting. And then uh, finally, it can affect the implanted egg, right? It, it can uh, destroy that ball of cells after it's implanted. So really only... Uh, so it all causes abortions. <laughs> only those last two could even conceivably be considered abortions, right? So if you believe, for example, that uh, human life begins at conception, then uh, I suppose preventing the implantation could be conceived an abortion. But medically speaking, an abortion uh, is the termination of pregnancy, and pregnancy doesn't begin at a fertilized egg. Seventy percent of those fertilized eggs go right through. They don't implant anyway, right? Pregnancy only... Uh, begins and, and women only have changes due to pregnancy when a fertilized egg implants in the uterus. That's the definition of pregnancy. And abortion is a termination of pregnancy. So even those, uh, even that, that implantation of a fertilized egg and these, these birth control methods uh, affect the implantation, even that doesn't medically constitute an abortion. Uh, so only really uh, birth control methods that affect the implanted egg do it right right now uh so the science their science is is wrong they, they don't understand uh what a pregnancy is right abortion is termination of pregnancy it's not uh preventing the uh implantation of fertilized egg semantics uh, chat gets all semantics to them <laughs> but of the four contraceptive measures that they um they they okay. don't like right that they, they object against yeah there's no evidence that three of them inhibit implantation. So Plan B, Ella, and Mirena, the hormone-regulated uh, birth control IUD, don't affect implantation. As a matter of fact, I believe um, that speech, that medical speech about inhibiting implantation was removed from the label of Mirena recently. But stopping a sperm from reaching an egg, that's exactly the same as... no. No no, 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 no. Those three work by inhibiting ovulation. They prevent. Oh, those. Oh, those ones they inhibit prevent, ovulation. Yes, they prevent the egg from dropping. Right? Ah, they're, they're hormones. stopping the egg from dropping is just the same as ripping the baby out of her womb. <laughs> the 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 final one, Paragard, the copper IUD, not the hormone one. Oh, copper, nice. Some studies, uh, a tiny minority of studies have shown that an extremely small percentage of fertilized eggs may have failed to implant. So, and that's around 1%. So uh, the vast majority of studies show no effect on implantation of even a copper IUD. But a small percentage show that in an extremely small percentage of that, 1%, it may cause an egg to fail to implant. But the caveat is that 1% is indistinguishable from the failure rate in an IUD. IUDs have a failure rate of about 1%. Uh-huh. So it's statistically indistinguishable from the failure rate of an IUD anyway. So you can't link that cause, right? Well, who it's, needs to use a, a copper IUD anyway? It may be a correlation, but it may not be, be a causation. Well, who needs to use a copper IUD anyway, Chuck? So even not, not women with increased cardiovascular risk. Even if you <laughs> reject that large percentage of studies that say it has no effect, and you accept the small percentage that do, your 1% is indistinguishable. So the science, even in the best case scenario, they're wrong on the science. Well, they're not, does, they're not really strong on science. What, <laughs> what right? They're strong on religion. So what does the Bible say about abortion, right? Well, let's turn, ah. let's turn to Exodus 21, 22 to 23. Hold on, hold on. You got your Bible with you? I got it. Okay. If men strive and hurt a woman with child, so that her fruit depart from her, and yet no mischief follow, he shall surely be punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him, and he shall pay as the judges determine. So basically, the, the husband uh, can beat the shit out of him, and he pays a fine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life. So basically what he says, if, 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 if that mischief is the woman dying. So if, if a man punches a woman and uh, she just uh, has a miscarriage, basically, well, then her husband can beat the shit out of him and pays a fine. <laughs> but if an actual life is extinguished, so if, if the uh, mother's life, if she dies because of her injuries, 
then he gets the penalty for murder, according to the Ten Commandments. Ah. Thou shalt not kill. So uh, um, that is the definition of an abortion, <laughs> right? That guy caused an abortion. Her fruit has departed from her. Well, that's not the same as murder. So the Bible doesn't, in, in the best of circumstances, care about abortion. Are you sure that God doesn't care about abortion? Because I've heard a lot of different things. How about, Le- how about Leviticus 27, verse 6? And if it be from a month old, even unto five years old, then, <laughs> then thy estimation shall be of the male five shekels of silver, and for the female thy estimation shall be three shekels of silver. You can kill a kid, <laughs> kill a kid for five shekels? Five years old! Holy how many times have you yeah. heard people like Kent fucking Oven say, if we allow abortion, then... Why not infanticide? Why not you kill people when they're out of the womb? Well, the Bible says no problem. You just have to, for boys, you have to pay five shekels of silver and for girls, three. Yeah. <laughs> we're going fig- to have to figure out how that's suggested for inflation, though. So for actual babies, they still don't consider that murder because you just pay a fine. You don't get killed. God sometimes approves of, of killing fetuses. <laughs> so it is convenient. And Moses said unto them, Have ye saved all the women alive? Now therefore kill every male among the little ones, and kill every woman that hath known man by lying with him. Uh, so it doesn't matter if they're pregnant or not. Kill them. That, that, that's an abortion, man. Good God. Ordered by the Lord. Good God. In Hosea 9.14, Give them, O Lord, what will thou give? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breasts. <laughs> oh, come on. That's a, little, that's a little harsh, you know? Yea, though they bring forth, yet will I slay even the beloved fruit of their womb. That's Hosea 9.16. Ah. Uh, Samaria shall become desolate, for she hath rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their infants shall be dashed in pieces, and their women with child shall be ripped up. That's Hosea 13.16. Well, that's okay, because they weren't Hebrews. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's not murder. <laughs> they don't count. People forget that. The Ten Commandments are only for Hebrews. I mean, there's a bunch of shit in there in the Bible. Uh, clearly, God doesn't consider abortion murder. No. At worst, you just beat the guy up and fine him a little bit. Even up to five years old. <laughs> up to five years old. That's killing me. That's killing me. So, uh, so the Bible... <laughs> <laughs> which they, which they um, apparently base their religious, sincerely held sincerely. religious beliefs on, yeah. that life begins at conception. Nowhere in the fucking Bible does it say life begins at conception. So I would say, hey, it's easy for me to determine that's an unreasonable religious belief. Said Scalia, never. <laughs> so just point out to me where your dumbass religious beliefs originate from. Because it oh. seems more political to me than religious. Yeah, they originated in what? Late 70s? Yeah. God. Freaking early 70s? Right, I think right it started after Roe v. Wade. Right, right after that, right. Right when when uh what's his not Carter became president probably? Right, right around 1972. <laughs> so, um what what we have are two, well three really organizations, but two of which are owned by the same people. So, we have a Hobby Lobby which was organized as a for-profit corporation in Oklahoma by the Green family. It's grown into a national chain employing 13,000 people. The Greens have exclusive control over the business. Hobby Lobby's statement of purpose for the Greens is to honor the Lord, this is quote, honor the Lord in all they do by operating the company in a manner consistent with biblical principles. Well, then they ought to be out there uh, aborting babies. <laughs> like by punching women? Because that's what God ordered. Ah, that's right. All your enemies, you should <laughs> kill all your enemies, even pregnant women and little babies. They should they should be running next door to the yarn barn. Yes. And dashing their babies <laughs> to the ground upon rocks. That is truly in accordance with uh, biblical principles. The Lord is displeased with the yarn barn. <laughs> you must, they must be wiped from the face of the earth. In accordance with those commitments, Hobby Lobby and Mardell Store, so Mardell, I guess, is another, like a, like a fucking Christian bookstore or something, uh, close on Sundays, even though the Greens calculate that they lose millions in sales annually by doing so. So, Matt, I, what I want to know is this. If they're okay with losing millions of dollars by closing themselves on Sundays, right? So they're okay with making that sacrifice. 
why aren't they okay with uh, losing millions of dollars uh, by paying the fines for uh, not complying with the uh, contraceptive requirement? Well, that's a self-imposed burden, Chuck. But if the oh, government imposes it upon it's not it's not imposed by the government. Right. It's not in other words Obama's the antichrist. Also they're not really losing sales because you know that like hey I need to go get some more scrapbook shit from lobby other oh, closed Sundays. Well I'll just go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they don't go to 7-Eleven and get the hobby lobby what, shit. What God does is he increases their sales for each of the other 6 days of the week. So that they don't lose any money by closing, by honoring the Sabbath. That's pretty much what happens. So it's okay to make one sacrifice, but, you know, they draw the line when Obama tells them. The businesses refuse to engage in profitable transactions that facilitate or promote alcohol use. They contribute profits to Christian missionaries and ministries. And they buy hundreds of full-page newspaper ads inviting people to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Matt, I'm not sure if I've ever bought anything from Hobby Lobby, but this is convincing me never to do so again. (laughs) I honestly never heard of them until this whole thing started. The Greens believe that life begins at conception. It would violate their religion to facilitate access to contraceptive drugs or devices that operate after that point. Um, So they object to those that we uh, went over uh, before. I'm still angry about that, that they they, – you don't even start. That's that's the whole – that's where the whole thing starts from, and there's no challenge to that at all. <laughs> there's no. That is the privilege of religion. Ga-ga-ga! Conestoga Wood Specialties was formed in 1950 by a family of Mennonites known as the Hans. It was organized, of course, in Pennsylvania, right? That's where the Mennonites. Yeah. As a for-profit corporation, and now has 950 employees. The Hahn family is the sole owner. They control the board of directors and own all of the voting rights. Its mission statement is to, quote, operate in a professional environment founded upon the highest ethical, moral, and Christian principles. I like how they separate those out as, they're, as, as if they're not synonyms. <laughs> the highest ethical, moral, and also, separately, Christian principles. Yes. The Hans believe that human life begins at conception morally opposed to abortion, uh, so they, they sued along with Hobby Lobby to prevent them from dispensing the four types of contraceptives. They uh, to female employees, right? So they yeah. believe that it is, quote, immoral and sinful for them to intentionally participate in, pay for, facilitate, or otherwise support these drugs. Do you think they're anti-condom? <laughs> no, because life begins at conception. Well, the condom stops conception from happening. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Where's the line? Uh, we, can't, we, we cannot adjudicate their reasonableness. Clearly, they're idiots. <laughs> that was in the Supreme Court decision. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I'll adjudicate <laughs> that right now. Two lower courts denied their petition, including the Third District Court, which held that for-profit secular corporations cannot engage in religious exercise, uh, and that um, the Health and Human Service uh, mandate does not impose any requirements on the Hans in their personal capacity. Well, um, I'm going to give you the five-minute rundown of this decision. Alito, uh, Justice Samuel Alito's uh, brilliant decision. Well written, perfectly reasoned. Cogent. Articulate. And um, uh, a, an, an unbelievable, a staggering fucking display of judicial activism <laughs> in favor of the corporation. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes, we get judicial right. activism. Finally, our side gets the call. <laughs> judicial <laughs> These activist judges. Just fucking making up shit. Of course corporations are people. Uh, so, so number one, the first finding is the corporation known as Hobby Lobby is a person, and they base this on the Dictionary Act. Uh, did you know oh, there was a Dictionary I, Act? I did not and, until I was reading her decision, and I was like, "Oh my God, they're going with like the Dictionary Defense." Yes. <laughs> Jesus. In the dictionary, so blah, like, blah 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 is defined as. It's the first section of the code. Just you know, in case you're confused. Uh, in determining the meaning of any act of Congress, unless the context indicates otherwise, and then they give you give a, a bunch of uh, examples. You know, words importing the singular include and apply to several persons. So if you have a law that says uh, one person, it also applies to several persons. Just want to make that clear. Okay. Words importing the plural include the singular. So when they oh. say, you know, that Jesus was riding two donkeys... They also mean he was writing one, one duck. <laughs> I no, it's when he says. I thought it was the other way. 
just because they said he was riding one donkey does not mean that there was not also that's right another donkey. Words importing the masculine gender include the feminine as well, just because Congress is a bunch of uh, misogynist bastards. Yeah. <laughs> so if we say he, we also mean he and also she. They could do that that apostrophe that like that colon s in front of he thing. <laughs> s slash he. Yeah. She. she. So uh, he. This is this is one of my favorites, Matt. Uh, probably my favorite line in the entire Dictionary Act. The words quote insane and insane person shall include every idiot, insane person, <laughs> and person non compos mentis. So the, the uh, apparently idiot has a legal definition. An idiot is also insane. <laughs> to include all the idiots as well. I just might be insane. The words person and whoever include corporations, companies, associations, firms, partnerships, societies, and joint stock companies, as well as individuals, you see. So according to the Dictionary Act, the words person include corporations. And remember the uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993 prohibits the government from substantially burdening a person's exercise of religion. The Dictionary Act sounds like it's it sounds like it's defining corporation as a person for reference and not as legal status. Yes. Or am I wrong? <laughs> yes, as as um pointed out in the dissent in Ginsburg's dissent, it's the Dictionary Act only holds sway unless the context indicates otherwise. So in in the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, you know, it's hard it's really hard to say that the Congress really meant corporations exercise of religion. Fuck you. Fuck you, Scalia, Roberts. Alito. Alito. Uh, that, the Cocan guy. The, <laughs> <laughs> Clarence Thomas. Thomas. Long Dong Silver. And I'm still, actually, I, I haven't bothered to look this up. I'm assuming Kennedy. Yes, Kennedy. <laughs> he wrote a concurring opinion. Oh, that bastard. Uh, so that that's this, the first finding. The corporation known as Hobby Lobby is a person, and uh, so you can infringe upon Hobby Lobby's uh, religious exercise and religious freedoms. The second finding is uh, uh, Obamacare's contraceptive mandate uh, does substantially burden the religious beliefs of Hobby Lobby, the fucking corporation. They say, quote, the owners of the businesses have religious objections to abortion, and according to their religious beliefs, the four contraceptive methods at issue are abortifacients. So apparently, Matt, being misinformed is a protected religious liberty. It's, it's not up to him to determine if those beliefs are, are valid. <laughs> if, if the owners comply with the uh, HHS mandate, they believe they will be facilitating abortions. And if they do not comply, they will pay a very heavy price. I love that. Like, it doesn't three matter. Five shekels. It doesn't matter if they're really facilitating abortions or not. No. Just that they believe it. It's just that they believe it. And and really what it comes down to is money. <laughs> yeah. Know? They don't want to pay a heavy price because uh if you know, if they don't comply with the contraceptive mandate, then they'll have to pay like two thousand dollars per employee. Uh, per day or something like that. It, it's yeah. up to, for them, $1.3 million a day or about $475 million per year in the case of one of the companies. So they said, you know, if this these consequences do not amount to a substantial burden, it's hard to see what would. So it meets that criteria of a substantial burden against their sincerely held religious beliefs, right? Aha. Uh-huh. Well, why don't they just drop coverage altogether? Well, that would cost them money too, and it would make them less competitive in the marketplace. Oh, yeah, let's talk about competitive for a second. Uh, you're not paying for my health insurance, lobby, Hobby Lobby. That is a part of my compensation package that we agreed upon when I worked for you. Yes, that specifically if they drop it, that would not be a benefit um, that they would be able to offer and when other competing companies would be able to offer that. So... Uh, it would, you know, it would hurt them. What happened to sacrificing for your religious beliefs? I don't want to make any concessions. I just want to, I just want to make a shit ton of money. That's all. Well, that's that's what that's what bothered me about that is that they kept insisting that they cannot pay for my contraception coverage when they're not. I mean, if you're going to 
take part of my compensation and deny it based on your beliefs, your beliefs, uh, will you dock part of my paycheck and take the actual cash because I might spend it on anything you disapprove of? <laughs> yeah, it, like I said, it's a minefield. There, there's nothing in there to uh, have the corporation make up the monetary difference. I mean, if, if you want to do this, then what you ought to do is increase their pay yeah, uh, commensurate to what you're decreasing their their um, benefits to, but there's nothing in this decision that would make them do that because I guess that would substantially burden their religious beliefs too. Yeah, because it costs money. Oh, bro. <sighs> number number three, uh, finding of the core. Finding number three, there is a there is a compelling government interest in providing contraception to women. Now, actually, Matt, in the decision, they uh, they kind of sidestepped this. They didn't adjudicate the point. They they just said, uh, we'll go ahead and assume this for the purpose of argument. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to adjudicate that, you know, contraception is, is uh, a compelling government interest, you know. All right. That, that uh, determining your reproductive destiny is a compelling government interest for no. 50% of the fucking population. Healthcare for half our people? We'll just... We'll just We'll just go ahead and say that's okay because we're going to fuck this decision anyway, right? We're going to fuck <laughs> right. the U.S. anyway. Uh, so the the number four decision is that the means by which the government furthered that interest was not the least restri- uh, restrictive means available to them. Remember, oh, remember the uh, uh, requirement pre-Smith is that there's got to be compelling government interest, and it has to be the least restrictive. So he said, okay, fine, there's a compelling government interest, but this is not the least restrictive means available to further that government interest. Why does that be? Why can't it be the most convenient method, the, <laughs> the most efficient method, the most applicably, generally fair method? Because of the privilege that religion has in our society, or uh, amongst at least the uh, five Supreme Court justices that agreed with it. Damn it. You got to privilege religion. You got to give religion a special pe- place on that pedestal. It's I not guess. the most effective means. It's got to be the least restrictive, the least burdensome on the fucking religious beliefs of a corporation. Ah. You don't want to hurt the corporation's feelings, for God's sakes. Well, have you ever seen a corporation cry? It's just sad. It's not, not pretty. What, what is the solution then? If that's not the least restrictive uh, way of, of furthering this compelling government interest, pass it on. Pass it on. The most straightforward way of doing this would be for the government to assume the cost. Oh, sure. You want the government to just step in and pay for your sex life, says the court. <laughs> I don't. Okay. This, this, honestly, Matt, this is the decision. This is fucking written in there. So, so let me get this straight. If Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby. the corporation, the religious corporation that it is, pays into uh, a third party, and from that money, that third party issues contraceptives. That is a substantial burden on its religious belief, right? Right. But doesn't Hobby Lobby pay taxes? So Hobby Lobby pays taxes to a third party. Out of those taxes, small money is taken to give contraceptives to women. That does not substantially burden their religious beliefs. Oh what my. is the fucking difference? I see the next case for Hobby Lobby. No taxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's burning them. the fucking difference? Why There's... is one of those a substantial burden on their religious belief and the other is not? Why is one more restrictive and the other is not? It's the exact same thing. Their money is going to pay for contraception in either case. But in one case, they don't have to face it, I guess, <laughs> directly. Well, I guess, I guess the compelling argument here is they don't have to fucking pay the insurance portion of that. Their taxes won't go up. You see, this money just comes out of fucking thin air, right? Right. <laughs> they're, they're, they, they can decrease their insurance premiums because they don't have to pay for this, these fucking contraceptives. But their taxes won't go up. So it benefits the corporation. That's the one guiding light of this whole fucking decision is whatever benefits the corporation, that's what the law is. Oh, so it's less restrictive. It's the least restrictive yeah. means. Problem fucking <laughs> solved. 
Well, when they say least restrictive burden to their religious beliefs, what they mean is they don't need to pay as much money. I wonder how much they're going to save. I'd be curious to look at a financial analyst of that. Oh, an analyst? God. No, an analysis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd look at the analyst, too, as long as he's doing the analysis. The, the, the uh, God, the, the decision ends by saying... Health and Human Services and the principal dissent argue that a ruling in favor of the objecting parties in this case will lead to a flood of religious objections regarding a wide variety of medical procedures and drugs, such as vaccinations and blood transfusions. But Health and Human Services has made no effort to substantiate this prediction. Well, just wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. There's no, no effort was made to substantiate a prediction of the future. They did not drag out a crystal ball and say, hey... <laughs> Look at look and stare into the crystal ball. I mean, the least they could have done, Matt, was yes. to build a fucking time machine, <laughs> travel to the future, and brought back some fucking newspapers. They could have uh, got the Long Island medium. She could have come down. <laughs> they should have brought a psychic in. Yeah. Everybody I love looks like it. That when religion is at issue. The only thing that matters is sincerely held belief, right? Doesn't matter what fucking evidence there is against that no. sincerely held belief. It doesn't matter. But when someone points out that people are going to hold all sorts of crazy ass fucking sincere beliefs, and if you open the door to corporate exemptions <laughs> based on those crazy ass beliefs, suddenly the court's all, I want to see some fucking evidence of this shit. <laughs> Give me some fucking evidence. No attempt was made to show me some empirical evidence. I tell you what the the health and human services should have said. They should have said, I sincerely believe this will happen, Justice Alito. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter if it will or not. <laughs> All that matters is uh, I sincerely believe. I, for one, applaud this court's decision. No. <laughs> Seems like they had no other choice. Like I said, Matt, it makes a whole lot of fucking sense, and it doesn't cause any future problems at all. I mean, they could. what they could have said was that, hey, Hobby Lobby, you're a fucking corporation – there's a corporate shield that protects you against individuals. It protects the uh, the owners of the corporation against uh, like individual liability for lawsuits against the corporation, right? That's the existence of the corporate shield. That's the whole reason you incorporate, right? You, it provides right. certain legal protections. Um, but what they're allowing is the owners now, religious beliefs themselves, to pierce through the corporate shield in the other direction. They can they can now inflict their religious beliefs on uh, employees who may or may not share that religion, right? So they could have easily said, hey, the simplest thing is to say, uh, Hobby Lobby is a fucking corporation, so it does not, it's not a person, it doesn't go to church, it doesn't exercise any religious beliefs, it doesn't eat the fucking sacrament, it doesn't drink the wine, it can't exercise religious beliefs, period. Done. That gets rid of all the hundreds of cases in the pipeline. Now well, it opens. You know what the next case is? Eden Organic Foods, where that's the right. owner wants to uh, not pay for any uh, contraceptives at all. That's hey, that's my sincerely held religious belief. I sincerely believe it that I shouldn't have to pay. He said I shouldn't have to pay for my employees to have sex. God damn it! You're not paying for it. How many times do I have to explain that? I'm going to go to Eden Organics. Matt, it doesn't matter. You and your logic and your reason <laughs> and your empiricism. And your morals and your ethics doesn't matter. It just matters if he has a sincerely held belief that uh, fucking women over as opposed to their contraceptives and, and not paying for their contraceptives. Well, Is it sincerely held? I, I see that I'm going to have to really sit down, take some time, figure out what my sincerely held beliefs are to see what shit I can get out of. <laughs> All right, Matt, that winds up the uh, decision-based portion. Let's break, and uh, we'll do a separate podcast on the descent. How about yeah, that? Yeah, because there's gold in that descent. It is feisty. It's yeah. a feisty descent. And fiery. Fiery. Blistering. <laughs> Blistering. That's what happened when I touched it. It is um, It's entitled The Descent, or Ginsburg is Pissed. Uh, I'll leave you with this line from The Descent. The court, I fear, has ventured into a minefield.
Habe, 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 habe,